koinonia, a place of encounter with the Holy Spirit, and transformation by the principles of God's kingdom. Oh, my God. 
Infirmities there means the limitations that come by reason of wearing a mortal body. Then it says, For we know not how to pray as we ought to, but it says the Holy Spirit can make intercession for us because He sustains the ability to intercede for us according to the will of God. And John in his epistle said, This is the confidence that we have. That when we ask anything according to his will, that he heareth us. Hallelujah. Say after me in the name of Jesus. I declare fresh fire upon my destiny. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Consuming everything. Consuming everything that has not been planted by your father. Fresh fire. The overflows, make sure you are praying. Connecting online, make sure you are praying upon my destiny. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, And as they prayed and fasted, the Holy Ghost said to them, Not to him. While they were praying with fasting, the Holy Ghost spoke in a way that everyone heard him. You are going to pray. Father, I obtain the hearing ear and the seeing eye. The hearing ear and the seeing eye. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth. Let him hear what the Spirit says. 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving it says let your request be made known let your request be made known i'm going to give you the next one minute as a final prayer point to lift up your voice and cry to your father that which you desire him to do tonight this is my night oh god Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. For everyone that ask and receive. Everyone that ask and receive. For everyone that ask and receive. Everyone that ask and receive. He said, if you be evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? Not to them that ask you, to them that ask you. He said, He that told you have asked for nothing, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, come and make your presence known, revealed the glory of your Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, come and make your presence known, revealed the glory of Father, we pray tonight that you will breathe upon us. We have come as men hungry for more. We have come as people desperate for all of you. We submit to the wisdom of your word. We submit to the ministry of the spirit. And we pray that tonight will be an encounter for every one of us. Glorify Jesus in and through our lives. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please give Jesus a big hand clap and then you may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I welcome everyone in the name of Jesus, the head of the church. And I salute all those who have come expressing their hunger. So many people sitting, standing outside and it's an expression of your hunger and desperation. I want to assure you in the name of Jesus that not one of you will be disappointed tonight. The Bible says, he that told you have asked for nothing. He says, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. He will never call the sons of Jacob to seek him in vain. Every time he calls us together, 
is because a table has been prepared for us. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, we'll perform a function very quickly and then we'll get to the business of the night. Hallelujah. But first and foremost, let me just honor um, great men and women of God that we have in our midst. We're a house of honor. Hallelujah. He just stepped in not too long while we're praying. Please help me honor Reverend Dr. Joshua Tendi. Bless him. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. I will honor you. Our father, Daddy Tula, again, and mommy, please give them a big hand clap. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And um, Reverend Ubanduma and his dear wife, so good to see you. Blessings to them. Dr. Anointed, please let's give him a big, big, big God bless you. Is this the best you can do? Hallelujah. And if you are a man or a woman of God here or outside anywhere scattered, we honor you in the name of Jesus. And we pray that the Lord himself will do you good tonight in Jesus' name. Still appreciating people, we have Lieutenant Colonel Anthony. God bless you again. Thank you so very much. We have our father and our mother, Professor and Dr. Mrs. Onu. Let's give them a big hand clap. Hallelujah. And every other person, if I didn't do justice, please forgive me. May the Lord honor you. Oh, I just spotted. God bless you. The Lord honor you in the name of Jesus, man of God. Thank you. Hallelujah. So we'll quickly do a dedication for our children. We'll make it very fast. Please, when I call the names, just the father and the mother and the baby. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, mother, and baby alone. All who came to celebrate, we apologize for the sake of time. You just sit down and wish them well where you are. And God sees your heart. In the name of Jesus Christ. So we'll call first um, Imam Christova and his dear wife Zainab. Very quickly as I call you, please make your way up the stage. Let's celebrate them. The Bible says to rejoice with them that rejoice. Then Emmanuel Jimo and Dea, celebrate them. Gideon Soji and Blessing, let's celebrate them as they come. Are you still clapping, Koinonia? Uku, Eyene Joshua, and Titilayo Joy. Give them a big hand clap as they come. These four families are dedicating their children. And we appreciate them. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I've told you here that dedication is a sign of humility. You are declaring that you do not have the power in yourself to raise these children. Nobody has the power in himself to make anybody become useful. Even in the presence of Jesus, Judas still went his way. So it takes the grace and the mercy of God. The Bible says to train up a child. And the first way to train up a child is to hand him over to the one who gave that child. Hallelujah. So we celebrate these families. May the Lord bless you. And for all who have come to celebrate with them, um, our salutations to you in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Um, so I hope I don't mix it. It will be in no particular order. Hallelujah. God has blessed this. I hope you know that these children represent the future of Koinonia. When I came in and I saw some of our children, I mean, you could see them now and you can imagine what God is doing in their life. When you do not have a system of continuity within an organization, your impact will be short-lived. Hallelujah. This is a mistake that they made in the West. They began to press towards thing, the things of God and they ignored the children. They thought they were too small to learn the ways of God. The little baby that Eli would have thrown away would later become the prophet who ordained the kings in Israel. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Right where you are, very quickly, I'd like you to stretch your hands and pray for these ones. Declare over them like you would your children. Someone is praying. Declare over them. You may not know the name of the children, but go ahead. Thank God for these families. And then declare over the children. The corporate blessing of the church is resting upon them. And we will say that you are good and all the miracles you've done has brought us joy. And we are changed and all the hope we have we place in you right now. And we will say, we will say that you are good. You and all the miracles you've done has brought us joy. And we are changed. And all the hope we have, we place in you right now. Are you still praying for them? Father, we declare. Father, we declare that we these children will follow the way of Demas. Declare over them that they are great men and women who will be mightily used by God in their generation as Christ tarries. Are you praying? Pray that the Lord will preserve the parents. Pray that when they get to the age of discretion, they will intentionally receive of the life of God and walk the path of the kingdom all the days of their lives. The Bible says, for as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, the Lord made him to prosper. Declare that none of them will be victims of untimely death. Are you still praying? You are praying from the depth of your heart. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you so much for these precious gifts that you have given these families and given us the bible says for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given that the government shall be upon his shoulder lord we thank you for the gifts of these children we know that they are not just babies they are precious destinies wrapped up in frail bodies that will impact their generation we thank you for the gift of these children and Lord as a family of faith together under this corporate anointing we declare and we decree that these children are taught of the Lord 
and we declare that great is their peace. We declare that they will serve the God of their parents all the days of their lives. And we separate them from the company of wicked and unreasonable people. We declare that the mighty hand of God is upon them. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. The Bible says, and Jesus increased. May they increase in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and with men. They will be like the cedars in Lebanon in the name of Jesus. Because they are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. That even in old age, they will be fat and flourishing. The fullness of their days they will fulfill. In the name of Jesus, they are blessed and they remain ever blessed. For in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. So quickly, we'll just announce the names of the babies. Jason, Ibe, Iene, is that? Congratulations, let's celebrate them. No, just to identify the children, we'll do your presentation shortly. It's important to know their names. So that is Jason, Ibe, Iene. If I'm not able to pronounce the names, I will bring the mic to the father to pronounce the name. Remember, that was what happened to John, John the prop, the, I mean, um, Zechariah. Zechariah refused to agree with a particular name and he went dumb until he agreed in writing. He said, I agree, this is John. And his mouth opened, no prayer. So, uh, they are the ones who can tell what God told them. Us is to stand in faith with them. This is Naraya Tinola Ize Gideon. Who is that? Did I get that right? Let's celebrate our beautiful baby. Third we have here is Michelle Ometere Femichit. Let's give them a big hand clap. You are not clapping. And then the last, I can't pronounce the first here, but I know there's Jael Umo. What is the first one? So you had him. Let's give the baby a big, big, big hand clap in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and whatsoever Adam called, that was the name thereof. Names are not just a means of identification, but they are prophetic speakings into the lives of the children. So we'll go straight to do the dedication and then we'll present their certificates very quickly. Please help me, Ima. You hold this for me so that we'll start with this is Jael, right? Alright. In the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the prophetic and priesthood, we declare Jael Umo, who was born 18th December. We declare you dedicated unto the Lord today, 14th April, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The next, please, very quickly. Our precious daughter, Michelle, who was born on the 19th June, 2022, we dedicate you today, 14th April, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May you be like Deborah. May you go from strength to strength in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we dedicate you, the baby that was born 21st January 2023, we dedicate you unto the Lord on this day, 14th April 2023, in the name of the Father, 
of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let the church shout a loud amen. And then finally, Jason, who was born on the 18th of August, 2022, is dedicated unto the Lord this day, 14th April, 2023, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. May God bless you in the name of Jesus. Now, quickly, we'll be presenting um, the certificate, and let me just plead with um, Reverend Joshua Tende to come and help us. Let's honor him as he comes to present the certificate. So um, he would just call them up, give them a handshake, and then we'll take photos together. Over to you, sir. May God bless you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Pastor Ryan. Jason. Let's celebrate them. Okay, here's what we do. Camera people, um, you just present it so that they get to see it. Then you snap with Reverend and then I'll join you. Would that be fine? Okay, sure. Bless you. Congratulations. You may return to your seat. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Okay, Michelle. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations to you both. Congratulations. Please help me honor Reverend Tende again. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I believe you came with your prayer request. I have um, a charge for us before we pray. So please, if you're yet to write your prayer request, do so, especially for those outside ushers and um, protocol, you may need to assist them when necessary so that we have the prayer requests on ground. So when it's time to receive, it will be a seamless process for quite a number of people. Hallelujah. My final charge to us tonight um, is captioned in a topic that I call equipping the saints, equipping the saints according to Ephesians 4. From verse 10, I'm teaching and charging our hearts tonight on the topic, equipping the saints. Equipping the saints. Hallelujah. Let's read Ephesians 4. I'll read verse 10 down to 14. 
The Bible says, He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Speaking about Jesus now, then the Bible says, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. 12 says, For the perfecting. Other versions like um, maybe standard English or many other modern versions will say the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. 13, it says, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 14, the last verse, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie to deceive. Hallelujah. The Bible very clearly shows us that manifesting the possibilities of this spirit life demands training. Please, I want you to listen very carefully. Manifesting the limitless possibilities that are captured in this spirit life, this faith life, this kingdom life we have been called into demands training. That in as much as access has been given to us by Christ and through Christ, the Bible demands that in walking in the reality of these possibilities, there will be need for quality training. Hallelujah. That means the believer, even though saved, if he does not have access to a teaching priest and an opportunity where he or she is methodically mentored to understand spiritual things, chances are excellent that in spite of all the provisions that Christ provides for that believer, he may not be able to enter into the fullness of that kingdom experience. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, and I will give you pastors or shepherds according to my heart. It says they shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. They shall feed you with knowledge. I will give you pastors because of my determination to see you trained so that you will be able to gain mastery over the things of the spirit. I will give you pastors according to my heart. In Psalm 18, Psalm 18 from verse 32 to 34. Psalm 18 from verse 32 to 34. It says, it is God that girded me with strength and maketh my way perfect. Next verse. It says, he maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. This is the verse of emphasis now. 34, he teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Look at this level of mastery. I didn't just assume that state of mastery in the spirit that I was taught now by the Lord. Are we together? Men can be taught to gain mastery even over spiritual things. Very interesting scripture that has become an anthem here is found in Acts chapter 18 from verse 24. Popular scripture. The Bible talks about a certain Jew called Apollos. The Bible says he was born at Alexandria 
an eloquent man, mighty in scriptures. He came to Ephesus, reading to 28. The Bible says, this man, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord. Very powerful introduction. His eloquence, his might in scripture came as a result of his submitting himself to be instructed in the way of the Lord. The Bible says, being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. Sadly, knowing only the baptism of John. Next verse. The Bible says, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. So from the beginning of his journey, even up until the point of mastery, he was instructed, he was guided. Are we together? Someone instructed him to have gotten that far. And when other people discerned his limitations, they lovingly called him and said, listen, if instruction and mentorship brought you thus far, it will be what will advance you further. The Bible says they called him to themselves and they expounded the way of the kingdom more perfectly. Hallelujah. If we do not have access to training, we may never be able to attain unto a state of mastery in the spirit. The reason why many believers camp around the corridors of redemption and never press to manifest the realities that are captured in this life we have been called into is because many of them do not have their growth methodical. To grow methodically means that you are guided line upon line, precept upon precept. Are we together? Most believers freelance their understanding about God. Let me tell you this. There is a way the believer was designed to know God. And if you route the knowledge of God outside of that pattern, your knowledge will be inaccurate. Are we together? I gave an example a few days ago while I was teaching in Lagos. And I told them, I said, imagine a student. Imagine a student that goes to the faculty of medicine to take lectures on Monday, then decides to go to faculty of arts on Tuesday, then decides to go down to Congo to take another lecture. You see, there is no knowledge that student is receiving that is a waste. But at the end of it, that student cannot be accredited and awarded a degree. Do you know why? His, his knowledge is not methodical. His freelancing knowledge that are useful but cannot be combined for his overall success. This is how many believers are learning God. So a little here, a little there, and it is not line upon line. And at the end of it, the picture that that template of pursuit gives about God is not complete, it's not holistic. There is a way the believer was designed to learn God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He was not just saying, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. He was showing a spiritual sequence that I am the way. And when you follow me as the way, I lead you into reality, the truth. And that that truth, you know, will administer life unto you. He was not just saying, I am the way, and then I am the truth, I am the life. He was describing the pathway that leads to life. That the pathway that leads to life starts from identifying the way. 
And if you follow the way, the pattern, it leads you to the truth, reality. And when you carry that substance of reality, it will administer life. The ultimate goal is life. But to access life, you start with the way. Then the way leads you to the truth. Then the truth grants you access to life. Are we together? You can clearly see the difference between a believer who has submitted himself to training. Very intelligent training. When you keep a believer, even though both of them, two believers, saved, and you look at the, the quality of their Christian experiences, you would see that one who may have submitted himself to quality spiritual training, the possibilities that come out of that life will differ by far from the believer who is freelancing his or her knowledge about God. Training is very important. Training produces mastery. Training produces mastery. Please do not forget this. Training in any field, this is not just a spiritual concept. Masters are people who have submitted themselves over an extended period of time to intense training. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, this was the pattern we see in the early church. The Bible says, and they, Acts 2, 42, give it to us, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. What was the result? 43, and fear came upon every soul and many wonders were done by the apostles. Verse 44. It says, and all that believed together had all things in common. They were not just divergent. Imagine if the believers got saved and everybody was freelancing his knowledge. There would be serious confusion within the body of Christ. It was that they are coming together to be methodically trained by these chief apostles was what produced synergy in their understanding. Are we together? You see that at the same time, when you read your, your Bible, you would see that there was an outpouring of the Spirit. The early church, they were living a community life and growing powerfully. But there were certain disciples in Acts chapter 19 who were being trained by someone else. And all the scope of their training, they were clearly in isolation to what was happening. And they knew only the baptism of John. The Bible says Paul, having passed through the upper coast, Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. The Bible says that he came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, disciples, they were under mentorship. But it was not holistic because they isolated themselves from the larger activity that was happening. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since he believed? And they responded. They said, we've not even had if there be any Holy Ghost. And Paul was surprised. He says, unto what baptism then were you baptized? And they said, the baptism of John. And he said, no, 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 no. The baptism of John was a baptism of repentance. Saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come. That is on Jesus Christ. And having explained it to them, the Bible says that he prayed for them. He laid hands on them. And every one of them received the Holy Spirit. They prayed in the Spirit. They prophesied. And the number of them were twelve. Hallelujah. You never attain unto a state of mastery in the spirit until and unless 
you are trained. I wrote down here, training exposes you to the knowledge required for victory. Please listen before you write. Training exposes you to the knowledge required for victory while minimizing error and waste. The value of training is that it distills the knowledge that is useful and minimizes, if not totally avoiding, error and waste. Now you can write that training exposes you, the believer, to the knowledge, the body of truth required for victory while minimizing error and waste. That means it immediately suggests that there are many, many spiritual information that are useless as far as the overall excelling of a believer is concerned. Just because it is spiritual does not mean it is needed in your life. Are we together? The Bible has a concise capture of the kind of knowledge you need to learn God and to live a victorious life. But the spiritual information found in the Bible is not the only spiritual information that exists in the spirit realm. You can route through other channels, other information. At the end of it, they will produce something else, not God. Are we together now? There are many other books that were written and are still being written. Spiritual in context. But as far as the knowledge of God is concerned and your overall excellence as a believer is concerned, that knowledge is absolutely useless. But you see, when you begin a blind pursuit for spiritual things, without being trained and guided, chances are excellent you will stumble across a lot of spiritual information that will wow you. And for many years, you will pride in the accumulation of this information, except that they will not sustain the power to administer life. The Bible says, ever learning and never coming into the knowledge of the truth. So what did they learn? What was the name of what they were learning? If they were not coming into the knowledge of the truth, it means they were learning a lie. It says to be careful what you call light, lest it be darkness. Are we learning? Training exposes you to the knowledge that makes for your victory, required for manifesting your victory while minimizing error and waste. Zaria is a prophetic training ground. I was sharing with the leaders yesterday where God builds and raises people. If you find yourself in this place, either as a result of study or work or prophetic instructions, I want you to know that God has brought you to a place that is a training ground. A training ground means where you are sharpened, you gain mastery. You may have heard me say, and it bears repeating that the stage is not where you train. The stage is not for amateurs. Are we together now? The stage is a testament that you have been trained and vetted and accredited. And now God can give you an opportunity to be a blessing. Even though learning continues, but that there is a threshold of mastery that you have gained so that you do not become an embarrassment to the name of the Lord. The stage is not for rehearsal. The wilderness is the place of rehearsal. Moses was being trained in the palace and because the location was wrong, the job was bad. Moses' training in the palace ended up being a waste. God had to relocate him to the wilderness for his training to be proper. There were many things because you don't receive training in a palace. The wilderness was designed. You ask military people, they will tell you 
when you go to the school of infantry, they simulate the environment to be able to build capacity. Am I right on that? Even though that military man will later become a general and have all kinds of aids around him, he may enjoy the blessings when he becomes a general. It will be a foolish military man, respectfully speaking, who would just go to NDA and, and want luxury at the same time. He wants to sit down on the same chair the general is sitting on. Are we together? It doesn't work that way. If you happen to see the training of people in NDA, you would think those training them were wicked. Because it looks like there is a messless and brutal training. They crawl through grounds, they jump through ropes, they do all kinds of things. Even at the point of injury, it does not look like the trainer is touched. Because that's how he became a master himself. Are we together? Now, many believers do not want to submit to training because of our, our appetite, our appetite for comfort. And comfort is a good thing. Except that the Bible says that every man that strives for mastery, listen carefully, he said he is not crowned unless he strives lawfully. Nobody wins the Olympic by mistake. You do not see a world champion, an Olympian, a world champion, just strolling around, maybe kicking footballs or just moving a few meters and then he goes to stand to compete. Do you know that everybody that comes to run an Olympic final was the best in their locality. And yet, somebody will still take the last position. Are we together? The training of a champion, when you come to the school of the spirit, there is a way God builds faith in men. There is a way grace comes to men. Watch the way the anointing is made, the anointing oil. You do not just go and pluck olive and start eating. No, there is a, a, a system of crushing. It's from that crushing that the oil now begins to come. Believers, hear me, let me tell you. There is the season that some of us are in now may look like a, it may negate the truth of scripture because it does not yet appear. The things that you read in scripture and your life may not seem to match. And because Satan is a master of the sense realm, he may deceive you into believing that you are not making progress. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 from verse 18, it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Are we together? Even Jesus, your Jesus... You would think because he came as the word incarnate, supernaturally. I mean, why would Jesus take 33 years as a savior? Was he that weak to have allowed that length of time? You would imagine that he would have even landed as an adult. Conquered Satan, if, is it not dead? Nail my hand and let me die and resurrect and be on my way out of this place. No. It's interesting that Jesus had to be born as a baby. Because the last adult God created messed up a lot of things. He came without growth. Now Jesus had to come as a baby and he began to grow. At age 12, the word went to learn scriptures. The word incarnate. The Bible says he went to sit down under the scribes and the Pharisees, learning the things that he would soon abolish, but he still submitted himself. And for 18 years, 
Jesus was about learning because the Bible would tell us that he entered the temple as his custom was. Are we together now? Submitting himself to training. At age 30, now he's ready for ministry. And he goes to meet John the prophet who now baptizes him and releases him. He now further goes to the wilderness again to fast and pray for 40 days tempted of the devil, then the Bible says he returned in the power of the spirit. And the next thing we hear is a manifestation like an inferno. He literally took all the Decapolis everywhere. The value of training. Are we together? And even with that training, he almost gave up at Gethsemane. And yet there are many people who think all there is to destiny actualization is downloading the blueprint of their prophetic destiny and just because you are now aware that you have been called to be a prophet an apostle, a pastor an entrepreneur, we just imagine that the awareness of the destination automatically guarantees arrival, no sir no sir knowing where you need to go to is excellent, but building capacity capacity that if you faint in the day of battle, the Bible says it is because your strength is small. Are we together? So many believers do not submit themselves to training. There are many people, respectfully speaking, jumping and rejoicing. God has called me to be a man of God. I'm going to go around the world. But you look at them and the only thing they have is just a picture of where they are going to. There is nothing they are doing. They are not walking by the Spirit to build the kind of stamina and capacity. The Bible says an heir, as long as he's a child, is that in your Bible? That he differeth nothing from a slave, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed. Hallelujah. Even John, who would later manifest as a prophet, a major part of his life was in the wilderness, eating locusts and wild honey. The mother of John did not have the opportunity to enjoy her child. How about Samuel, who later became a mighty prophet that none of his words fell to the ground. All his life was spent in the temple. Do you know what it means to give birth to a child and carry that child and donate that child to God? As a baby, he slept in the presence of God. When his colleagues were running around, playing, little children, there's no record that Samuel had the opportunity to play with other children and other colleagues. A major part of his childhood was sacrificed because of the prophetic destiny. No wonder his word did not fall to the ground. Samuel was such a powerful prophet that if you saw him, it was as though you had seen God. When Saul lost their donkey, they were advised to go and see him. That there is a seer. We know that if we see him, an end will come to this. Men can become like God when they allow God to train them. Let me tell you the truth. You can manifest God-like capacities, not just believe, not just agree theoretically that you should. The experience of that God-like dimension is manifested at the place of training. Jesus mentored his disciples more than crusades that he had. When you study your Bible, the, the crusades that Jesus had 
that were recorded in scripture were countable. A major part of his ministry was invested training those who would become the apostles of the Lamb. And even with that training, he still told them, tarry in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 10, in Matthew chapter 10, when you read from verse 1, he commissioned them and you would think that was a license to go and start. Gave them power against unclean spirits and to do all kinds of things. Verse 7, he says, as ye go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prove the validity of that kingdom by healing the sick, by casting out devils. Verse 8 says, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. The Bible says they went and they returned with a report. They said even the demons were subject to us. He said, no, that is not your pride. You just rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Let the lecture continue. And he acted as if they did not do anything. To the point that when Jesus rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, when he was crowned king and lord, he returned back and he's, over a period of 40 days, he still gathered them. He said, let the lectures continue. The power of training. Many believers want to become masters. Please listen to me. This is a very powerful message so that you do not waste your impartation. Believers deceptfully believe that the anointing generically makes people indefinitely powerful regardless of training. No, the size of the vessel matters. The vessel can reveal the potential of the oil. If the vessel is small, the oil can look small. The problem is not the oil. The problem is the kind of container carrying it. The prophet said, I know the reason why you are having limitations. He said, go and borrow vessels. Expand your capacity. Borrow not a few. There are many people who would not allow themselves to be trained by the spirit. We run away from seasons of training and we clamor for manifestations, especially our generation. Listen, this is a call to be cautious. There is always seed time and harvest. There is always seed time and harvest. When God wants to show you mercy, it can bring acceleration to your seed time. But that seed time, you will pass through it. There is the law of process. When Elisha came and met the woman in Shunem, he told her, according to the time of life, it is still a miracle, but I submit that miracle to the sequence of life. And John remained in the wilderness until his season of appearing. Are we together? Training is powerful. There are many, many business people today who are not able to excel because they had desires and they freelance knowledge, but they were not trained. There are many preachers today who desire to do so much for God at a global scale. Their hearts very open, but they were not trained. Blessed are your eyes, for they see these things. Blessed are your ears, for they hear these things. Jesus knew the value of training, and he told them, carry. And whilst they were waiting over a period of 40 days, he still came and taught them on the matters of the kingdom. Look at the ratio of training to outpouring. Three and a half years to one day. You see that we waste a lot of impartation in church because there are people who are not trained. We have flipped the ratio and impartation is happening every day upon people who are completely bankrupt of training. So it's just like pouring oil on the ground. We may fall and stand up, 
we may shake and shout, all of these things may happen. And the same people stand up and there is no testament of mastery because there was no training. Is someone learning? Yes. Once upon a time, the same apostles of the Lamb who had now gained mastery, laying hold on eternal life, as the Bible would put it, they went to heal an epileptic patient and they embarrassed themselves so painfully. It was such an embarrassment. And they returned back and said, why couldn't we do this, Jesus? I thought we were already masters. And he looked at them. Paraphrasing, there is still a lot you need to learn. There are many kinds you are now learning. The kind you met on your way. There was a dynamic that you engaged that made the demons go. Remember, they were happy. Even the demons were subject in your name. And they still use that formula. And for this case, it looked like nothing happened. And Jesus said, there is something. The problem is not the demons. There is something that needs to happen to you. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. The demons never question power. The demons never question the name. The demons question the individuals administering the power. It was not, he said, Jesus, I know. There is a testament in the spirit. We know the name. Even the demons know that name and they tremble. But someone else comes to use that same name. I adjure you by Jesus. And the demons say, it doesn't work like that. Leave this place. How do you call the name of Jesus? Correct Jesus. Genuine name. And a demon beats you. Is that not a lesson to learn? That means the name is not a charm. There is something, there is a level of understanding that the vessel administering that name must have to release the power that is locked in the name. Watch this. I can carry this phone and give one of our little ones here. And he can be holding a phone that has capacity to do so much. But because of ignorance, either by age or knowledge, the person can be standing with a phone and not be able to make a call. And you will wonder, look at this person is shortchanging himself or herself because the vessel really matters. Listen, I know that we are focused on the various forces that provide victory for the believer, but we need to concentrate on the vessels who will administer that. If the vessels were not important, Jesus would just die, resurrect, and just choose people. He would not choose people before after his, uh, before his resurrection. He would choose them after his resurrection. After all, it did not matter. Only the name or only the blood. But he began the training while they were waiting for all of these forces of redemption to be given to them. Preacher, it will not just happen just by opening your Bible and closing it and then declaring, demons leave. You may be disappointed like stated in the Bible. It may not always be just by believing that things will just manifest like that. There is a capacity requirement. Are we together now? A capacity requirement. And that comes through training. Because there are some of us, part of the global missions that will usher in the Christ. Some of us, God is preparing us right now in this training ground. And God is going to be sending you like the foxes of Samson across the nations of the earth. But you will be a casualty to the body of Christ if you are not trained. You see, the lopsidedness in your training will be evident by the time you manifest. If you don't stay to be trained properly, the areas that you did not cover in your training will be very evident. There will be a widespread lopsidedness. For instance, if you are trained in prayer, 
and you are not trained in other dimensions how the provisions of God come. Are we together? How to access favor from men. You will be surprised that by the time you start ministry, you will be a mighty prayer warrior, but poverty will make you look as if you are fake. And you will be surprised. I am praying. I am sincere. Why are the supplies of heaven not coming? Or reverse the case. You may be properly taught in the area of accessing the wealth of the kingdom. And you will find out that your spiritual life is lean. You do not have power and capacity in the spirit. One manifestation of darkness will take everything you have accumulated over a lifetime. Because there was lopsidedness in that area. Is someone learning? We are called to gain mastery. We are not called to guess. The precepts of the kingdom that make great are defined. And if you can be methodically trained, line upon line, precepts upon precepts. I like how the Bible puts it. It says, now are we the sons of God, but it does not yet appear. It is not the reality, it is the appearance we are talking about. That now, it is a fact that we are the sons of God. But the manifestation of the same for our world to see will be subject to training. When you hold a seed, watch this, when you hold a maize seed or beans or whatever it is, you hold it and you look at it. There are many trees you are holding. Are we together? But you cannot eat the fruit there. You, don't, you cannot even count the number of trees that are in that seed. But you have to plant it, water it, and patiently wait. And then it grows and now starts to bear fruit. And many other seeds come from that one seed. That is how it is. Are we learning? Now. Let me charge us along. Let me charge us along three secrets. Equipping the saints. Haven't drawn our minds to the fact that if believers are not trained, they will not excel. As far as this faith adventure is concerned, I want to talk about three areas and three things that I truly believe are kingdom secrets that can turn anyone for that matter to become a giant in the spirit. Number one, the power of a systemic prayer life. Please write it down. The power of a systemic prayer life. Please underline the word systemic. Many people teach on prayer. Many people pray. Many people talk about prayer. But many believers have not been able to draw the richness that is captured in the prayer ministry. Largely because their prayer life is not systemic. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, we are considering the power of a systemic prayer life. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Let's read together. Ready? One to read. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. Somebody say the hour of prayer. The hour of prayer. There was a time dedicated. It became a ritual. It became habitual. They even named it the hour of prayer. You see, the power of prayer is not just in the activity alone, but the consistency, the 
the consistency of that fellowship. Now, I've taught you that prayer achieves many things in the life of the believer. Let me quickly do a recap for you. There are four, four things that prayer achieves in the life of the believer according to scripture. Number one, prayer is a channel for fellowship and transformation. Fellowship and transformation. I think that is Luke 29. Did I get that right? And verse 9 or thereabout. The Bible says, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment became white and glistering. So prayer was given primarily as a tool for fellowship that culminates to our transformation. Transformation is the name given to the process that makes you Christ-like in experience. He says, my little children of whom I travail until Christ be formed in you. So that is the first biblical assignment of prayer as a tool for fellowship and transformation. Number two, prayer is a tool or a platform to make petitions and obtain requests. Prayer is a platform to make petitions and obtain requests. The Bible says that should be Matthew chapter 11, I believe, and verse 24. Jesus was teaching on the subject of faith, and then he veers off to talk about prayer. Mark, is it Mark? Help me. Mark, Mark eleven twenty-four. He said, What things soever ye desire when ye pray. Did I get that right? Believe that ye receivest them, and thou shalt have them. So there is a prayer request called what things soever. No matter what it is. It says, when ye pray, believe that thou receivest them, and thou shalt have them. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. We read it earlier on. It says, to be anxious for nothing. It says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. So prayer is a platform for making petitions and obtaining requests. Number three, prayer is a platform for creation and spiritual legislation. Prayer is a platform for creation and spiritual legislation. God is not the only person you talk to when you pray. In prayer, you can talk to things. In prayer, you can talk to spirits. You are given the liberty to use the platform of prayer and create possibilities in your life. Are we together? Even God who calleth the things that be not as though they were. You can create spiritual possibilities. You can make decrees. It says, and thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established not unto everybody, unto the one who made the decree. Thou shalt decree a thing. Your Bible says where the word of a king is, there is power. So prayer is a platform that allows you to create possibilities, program possibilities in your life. Finally, prayer is a platform for warfare and intercession. Prayer is a platform for warfare and intercession. Warfare, establishing the victory of Christ over your life and warding off the forces, the arsenals of darkness that continue to fight the speakings of God over your life. These are, among others, I believe, 
the four biblical assignments of prayer in the life of a believer. But you see, your prayer life will not be rich until it is systemic. In the case of the apostles, they had the hour of prayer and the Bible calls it the ninth hour. In the life of Jesus, we find his prayer life, the Bible gives us a picture of his prayer life in Mark chapter 1 from verse 34. Look his busy schedules and see how he was able to carve out a systemic approach to his prayer life. Mark 1, let's begin our reading from verse 34. Mark 1, 34. Help us media. The Bible says, and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils. This is from his crusade now. He suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. 35. We're reading to 37. The Bible says, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. This was a, a, a habitual practice of Jesus because his day was full of activities. You need to picture the life of Jesus. Everybody thronging upon him, moving from city to city. And he did not have that time to pray in the afternoon. But early in the morning, it was a habit. The apostles also started learning it. The Bible says, Simon and they that were with him followed after him. Jesus was not just prayerful. He was systemic with his prayer. Look up please. Many believers are not able to excel and enjoy the wealth and the blessings that come with the prayer ministry because we have not created a systematized approach to prayer. We largely freelance our prayer or motivated by the reality of a situation that challenges you. Then you may now give some attention. Are we together? Believers were never designed to pray only during emergencies. Believers were never designed to pray only during needs. Believers were never designed to pray only when you have a program. The Bible says in Luke 18 and verse 1 that he spake a parable to the end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says to pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean pray from morning till night. It means be consistent in your prayer. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. Let's assume that you are a student in any of the higher institutions of learning here. Because of the nature of your life and the phase of life that you are in, you may have a bit of luxury of time because your focus will largely be schoolwork and then you have the luxury of time. And it is possible to pray at any time. Once you are not having your lectures, you may have fellowship or just your personal time. But now fast forward. Imagine that that same student now becomes a worker, say in an oil and gas company. You use that student template, they will first sack you out of the work. Are we together now? And when they throw you away, both your spiritual life and your means, your stream of income will both dry up. You have to reinvent a system that now suits the current context of your life. This is the problem with many believers. You had the luxury. Say, for instance, 
you were not married at that point, you had the luxury, you could lock up yourself for three days. You didn't need to obtain permission from any man as a woman. You can lock yourself and pray. Now you are married, you are a wife, probably a mother, you have other responsibilities. That luxury of freelancing your prayer life is no longer there because being prayerful will not be an excuse for failing in your family life. Are we together? So you have to now create a system. It takes intelligence to pray effectively, not just spirituality. That intelligence component is where believers have thrown it away. We just have a blind zeal. There needs to be intelligence. When you study your life and you find out the way that God works with you, if you are a leader and you have a lot of commitment towards people, you would want to maximize your night times, you want to maximize your mornings. In principle, I have found the night times to be the best for me for various reasons. Because it affords you a greater sense of focus. Are we together now? There are moments where you can take dedicated times out, maybe a whole day, but generally speaking, there are certain levels of growth. I'm saying this sincerely. Ask any great leader, they will tell you the convenience of prayer right now for them was not the way it used to be years ago. If you are to be honest, because of the responsibilities that have come upon that person. You can be praying and someone comes to disturb you. Now you are living in the same house with five of your relatives. And while you are praying, the one who is not born again is enjoying himself and playing one song. And just when you want to position your, your heart, and you are in the same house, you can't drive them. Remember, you are trusting God for the salvation of that person. Are we together? Or, while you are trusting God to increase you, now you live in a house where you are a Christian and you are surrounded, say, by non-Christians. And certain liberty of expression that you may have you understand? You can shout, you can roll, you can do everything. Now you are limited in many ways. Listen, believers. You will not grow spiritually and you will not be rich in your prayer life until you study your life and in partnership with the Holy Spirit design an effective template that insists that you do not compromise on prayer regardless your schedule. Because the devil is a master at giving you a justification. I'm busy, you know the way my life is. And two days becomes one week, becomes one year. And before you know it, you will simply be admiring the days when you used to be prayerful. And there are consequences according to scripture. When believers do not invest time to pray, you have bought the potential for quality fellowship with the spirit of God. And then all of these things that I mentioned will no longer be found in your life. Someone learning. If you want to gain mastery in training any believer, you have to train them to understand the power of a systemic or systematized prayer life. There are people who come to pray, and you know, they say a lot of childish things plus Jesus minus Satan, and that's the end of it. That's the prayer. Or they say what we know to be the Lord's prayer. As a pastor of a ministry, that's your entire prayer life. No, you can't work that way. Are we together? No wonder the life that should emanate as we speak, as we preach, and as we live is not there. And you find out that there's a lot of energy that is being dissipated, but the life component that is ignited through a rich prayer life 
is not there. For instance, you can hear a preacher preach, preach sincerely, and what he's saying is not a lie, except that your spirit bears witness that there is information, but there is no life. And life there does not mean flying up and down. There is, there is the strength. Let me tell you, a healthy secret place cannot be hidden. No. It's not about the huskiness of your voice. It's not about oratory. There is a signature of life that is upon your speakings. You cannot pretend a healthy prayer life. You cannot act and pretend a healthy prayer life. Believers, hear me. Zaria, hear me. If you do not understand the power of prayer, you will give evil the right and the credence to reign over territories. When men do not know how to pray and subdue territorial powers, we are talking of advanced levels of prayer where it's not just needs. You are standing like a watchman over a territory and insisting, allowing the things that must happen within a territory or disallowing it by the authority that you have. Are we together? Yes. There are controlling spirits across territories that manipulate the thinking of people, causing them to act in certain ways that are antichrist. It is the responsibility of the believer within that territory. Did the Bible not say in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus teaching from verse 13 to 16? It says, You are the light. You are the light of Zaria. Believers, hear me. It says, You are the salt of the earth. The, the assignment of the salt is twofold. One, to add taste or value. Number two, to preserve. You are not salt if you are not contributing towards your prayer life. In the name of Jesus, we stand here as salt. Darkness will not reign over Zaria. It's not just when you gather as a prayer group. It's not just when you gather here in Koinonia. It must become a lifestyle to make your contribution as far as sanitizing the territory to make the purposes of God find a free course. It says, I, Paul, desire to come to you once and again, but Satan hindered us. If Satan can hinder men, he can hinder things. Things like many manifestations of favor coming to you can be hindered. Is someone learning? I made up my mind that my environment will always remain an environment of pro-advancement. An environment that makes it conducive for the purposes of God to find expression. Believers, hear me. In the name of Jesus, you must have a systematized prayer life. As a father over your family, you must have a systematized prayer life. You see, our parents used to practice something called morning devotion. I know that that may not really be enough to give you a robust spiritual life, but it was better than nothing. Even though it was just five, ten minutes of just sharing briefly, it was consistent. And many of us, the bank of spiritual knowledge that we have came from that experience. You would find out that they just spent 10 minutes in a day. In truth, I would tell you, you would need more than that if you want to attain stature in the spirit. But it is still better than nothing. And don't forget that they were working with the limit of the knowledge they had. So God would vet them based on the knowledge available for them. They made the most. They made sure that every month they bought you devotional. Remember? Or every year. There were others that were yearly. There were others that were monthly. They insisted whether you liked it or not. 
And remember, sometimes you will not do it for two weeks. Then you will repent like I used to do. And then cover all the ones that you didn't do. Then backslide again. But now you must get to a point where you have the prayer ministry as a revelation. Listen, prayer is not all about power. Prayer is about negotiating with the realm of the spirit to manifest possibilities. It's not just all about anointing. Are we together? Do not allow the devil to destroy your loved ones under your watch. Do not allow the devil to, to invade a territory under your watch. Do not allow yourself to be bankrupt. Listen, in the name of Jesus, may it never happen that the time will come in Zaria where there is no longer evangelism. People are not being saved. People are not being healed. People are not being delivered. That the churches are now facing all kinds of pain, persecution, no increase in membership. May it never happen under our watch in the name of Jesus. It is our responsibility to stand and to pray. It says they are taken for a prey and none saith restore. Hallelujah. We pray. We are preparing for a UK conference right now. And there is prayer happening every day. Every day. Non-stop. Until the conference time. Because taking a flight and going there. Is not what you need. God is sending you as an agent of revival. There are age-long spirits that predated even your arrival. You're not just going to stand there and speak English. No. The Bible says every time you see men, there are two laws working in them. Number one is the law of sin and death. And the assignment is to work in partnership. That there is a superimposition. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It will take more than good English. It will take more than a good sermon. It says, I, when I came to you, I didn't come with the excellency of speech. You want to see nations submit to the power of God? You want to see the manifestation of the power of God sweep nations? We are not just talking about having a car and a house and personal needs. We are talking of a time where by reason of your alignment, God can trust you with the destinies of a generation. Hallelujah. The Bible shows us three levels of trust in the Bible. The least level of trust that God can accord a man is to trust him with things. Giving you things is the least level of trust in the spirit. Things like money, things like access to things is the least level of trust. The second level of trust is trust over destinies. God can give you the trust and make you a custodian. He can trust you with destinies, men, nations. The highest level of trust as revealed from scripture that God can accord a man is to trust you with his program. Literally, he puts you to spearhead his agenda that God will say for the next 10 years, this is what I want to do in Zaria and I'm putting you in charge of that program. I hope someone is learning. So celebrating that you have access to things is wonderful. But I'm telling you, that does not weigh much in the spirit. Oh, I have money, I have a good job. Thank God for that. But spiritually speaking, you find this in Matthew chapter 25. And there are other synoptic accounts. We're not going there for the sake of time. You find a situation where the first thing he gave them was things, talents, 
when they were faithful, he now made them head over nations. That was the reward they got. Are we together? Yes. So Jesus looks at his disciples and says, I'm sending you as witnesses over Jerusalem, Judea, but among all of them, there were a few people who were trusted with his program. Salvation to the Gentiles was given to one man. Salvation to, it was not given to a group. In as much as all of them were sent as witnesses, when you mention Paul, when you mention John, when you mention Peter, these were men who were trusted with programs, not just things. Jesus said, I have many things to tell you, but ye cannot bear them now. The many things he wanted to say was what Paul now brought. If Paul was not there, we would not have an opportunity to hear the many other things Jesus wanted to say. Do you know what it means to read the Bible without Paul's contribution? Number one, you will not understand redemption reading the Gospels. It will take the Pauline epistles to bring perspective. Because as at the time Jesus was dying, they had not received the Holy Spirit in them. So their spiritual understanding was still there. It was Paul by the Spirit that began to give a sound exegesis of everything that happened. The whole book of Ephesians, six chapters. It was Paul that began to tell us that we were raised up with Christ. Not even Jesus preached it. Remember what I taught you. Three levels of trust. Things, destiny, and in every territory, God has a program. That's why people come to territories and leave. Every, please listen, this is a very prophetic message. There is something God is doing in Zaria now that he did not do 10 years ago. But that, that program can be aborted until he finds men that move beyond the realm of being trusted with things, to be trusted with destinies, and to be trusted with believer who grows holistically, you will see these three phases of trust. You will start seeing certain manifestations. Things are working. A car is coming, this and that. And sometimes we get distracted and we feel that's the highest level. No. There are higher levels of ranking and authority in the spirit where God now trusts you with certain destinies and say, under your watch, this family must not die. Under your watch, this must not die. Then a time comes when he measures a thousand cubits trust you with his program. Now he can send you to regions and reveal to you what he wants to do. Here I am in your presence. Give to me what you want. I'm open before you to me what you want. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, my assignment is to continue to walk in partnership with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to help you see that there are vast dimensions as far as the work of the believer is concerned. That Christianity is not just limited to having things and enjoying things and saying, no, this is working for me. There are superior needs that even God has. The need to see the world evangelization. The Bible says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a witness. And you do not have to be a pastor. I have told you, prophetically speaking, God's end time program is
separated into three groups. There are prophetic intercessors. Then there are those who are sent into the cosmos. Then there are the kingdom financiers. This is the tripartite formation of the end time harvest. And every one of us here will play one, two, or all of these roles. I repeat again, prophetic intercessors. These are people like Anna the prophetess. You may never see them out, but they are the ones who pray the program of God to come. Listen carefully. And then number two, we now have those who are sent into Abarakata. I just sense a strong anointing. Very strong anointing. As I just began to talk about this, very strong anointing. Those who are sent. That includes pastors, apostles, those who go. That includes entrepreneurs. Please do listen to my message, Redefining Revival. I have said that the revival that is coming is not about the pulpit alone. Because when you read the Bible, it was not only Elijah that walked. There was Daniel. There was Deborah. And all these mantles will find expression in this army. So it's important if you are Esther, don't go and take Elijah's training. It will corrupt what you will become. You must know, you must find your parallel in scripture and then follow the training that leads you. If you are Esther and you do Elijah's training, you will abort your mission in the palace. And if you are Elijah and you now do the training of, say, Gideon, no, you identify the kind of training by the similitude of the mantle that is following you. So if you are Esther, start looking for Haggai and Mordecai. These are the two people that can make you become the Esther that marries Ahasuerus. If you are Elisha, make sure you do not make a mistake of looking for Haggai. He cannot train Elijah. He can only train Esther. The challenge is that many of us are going through different patterns of training that does not suit what we are to become. So, prophetic intercessors, that was a digression. Those who are sent into the mission field and then kingdom financiers, the Josephs of Arimathea's, the body of Jesus is hanging upon the tree and no every, the prayer warriors ministry, Anna the prophetess had finished. The ministry of the disciples and the women had finished. It was only the ministry of the kingdom financier who had influence and had a virgin tongue. Joseph had influence with the government of the day and he had a virgin tomb. If Jesus were not buried in the tomb, we would never be able to say, oh grave, where is your sting? And oh, oh death, where is your sting? And oh grave, where is your victory? He had to be buried in the tomb. If we have only prophetic intercessors, the program of God cannot happen fully. If we have only people going to the mission field, this was the mistake that missionaries did when they came into Nigeria. Most of them did not have proper prophetic. There was no rich bank of prayer and intercession. And they just came with sincere evangelical zeal. And some of them, as soon as they, they landed certain lands, they did, were not even given an opportunity to preach. They slaughtered them and they destroyed them. Because before their arrival, by divination, the powers that be had seen their coming. And because they did not have capacity, they brought a sincere gospel, but they neglected the formation. Even Jesus, before his arrival, prayer had to go before him. 
Learn this pattern. You can use it for, this is true even for any church. The ministry of prayer, the ministry of doctrine, the word, and administration and leadership, then the ministry of kingdom financing. Every time this this tripartite pattern is compromised, there will be problem in that organization, there will be problem in that ministry. So if you have people who only pray in a ministry, they will never grow because the ministry of doctrine that matures believers is not there. You see that now. And then if you have a ministry that does not have support systems, Aaron's and horse that hold the hand of the man of God, they cannot hold the rod, but they can hold the hand of the one holding the rod. Is someone learning? So, my first admonishment in training you is that you must develop a systematized prayer life. It is is your assignment under God to study different models in scripture, different models through modern history. There are prayer giants who have joined the cloud of witnesses, men like E.W. Kenyon, E.M. Bound. You can study their, their, their approach to prayer and then there are those that God has granted privilege with who are now alive and are making a contribution. You can study. The Bible says to follow them. There are always them who through faith and patience have obtained. The disciples said, we are not just following Jesus for his crusade. We want to follow him to that secret place and see what really happens that produces the miracles at the crusade ground. The secret of great men is in what they do before the manifestations, not the manifestations of men. Number two, the second thought that I want to share with you in receiving training tonight is how to be built by the word. Let's do that very quickly. So, a systematized prayer life, a methodical prayer life where you allocate time or a range of time and as much as possible, obtain grace and be disciplined to not compromise on those times. And you will watch how your life begins to grow. Every time you invest in prayer, something happens within your spirit man. Now, the ministry of the word. How to be built by the word. Let me tell you this. There, there are three dimensions as far as being built by the word is concerned. Just because you have access to the word does not mean it will build you. There are many people who are reading scriptures. There are many people who have access to the word, but they do not know how to be built by it. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, the Bible says, and now brethren, it says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. The Bible says that it is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. It is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. It first builds you, then it gives to you. Are we together? In Acts chapter 6 and verse 4, still the early church, when there was problem between the Grecian women over tables, the apostles said, get 12 people and we'll ordain them and allow them to handle the matters of welfare. But we will give ourselves continually, the Bible says, to prayer and to the ministry of the word. We will give ourselves continually to prayer 
and to the ministry of the word. I have found out, listen, and by the grace of God, I have studied my Bible and I have studied, I, I like to study many of the generals who have joined the cloud of witnesses. For some reason, I have come to a point to trust the purity of their experiences because they produce dramatic levels of results from their spiritual experiences. And I've been able to distill three dimensions of your encounter with the word of God in order to heal you. Number one is the study of scripture. You want to be built by the word, you must study scripture. The Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God. It didn't say wish, it didn't say read, it says study. There is a difference between study and reading. The purpose of reading is awareness. The purpose of study is understanding. There is a difference. It will take more than awareness of scripture to be a giant in the spirit. You must study scripture. So that is the first way to be built by the word. You must study scripture. Number two, you must listen to scripture. They are not the same. The study of scripture and listening to scripture are not the same. Let me tell you, according to the Bible, the work of the believer is dependent on your eyes and your ears and your mouth. There are components in a believer that must participate in your growth. Many times you will hear the Bible say faith comes by hearing. It was not a mistake. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. If your ears are not participating in your word encounter, I submit to you, you cannot be built by the word. Please, try to believe that I'm not deceiving you. There are many people who study scripture, but they are still not able to be built by the word holistically because they have ignored it. I hope you know that before the study of scripture became a possibility, it was first hearing. Holy men wrote. Before they wrote, they had and they saw to write. Are we together now? That model has not changed. Jesus spent time speaking to them. In fact, in the parable of the sower, watch this. The Bible lists four kinds of soils. And it says the seed is the word of God. It says the seed that fell on good ground are those that heard the word. They heard the word. They received it. They acted upon it. And even though they heard it, they still produced three levels of results. 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. If you are together, if we are together, say amen. You must study scripture if you want to be built by the word. Number two, you must listen. Listen to scripture and scripture-related resources like teachings. Scripture and scripture-related resources. I have in my phone here um, an MP3 of everything Jesus said in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, everything the Bible records that Jesus said was distilled. And sometimes that's all I listen to. I want to hear the very words that the Bible says from Jesus. And something happens miraculously. It happens to your spirit man. Listen, this is one of the ways that God trained us. When we began with God listening, those days people would put their cassette. It was, it was a model. Many people have compromised on it now. 
you would almost see believers like mad people because once they were moving, they, they always had their earphone listening to something. A worship to usher you, very strong worship, and then maybe a message, and then maybe a teaching. You would almost know that this is a believer's room because there will be a sermon playing while they are cooking. A sermon playing. Now we have ignored the place of hearing. And that's the reason why the faith dimension it takes to work mighty things is no longer there. I submit to you, you just hear the word. Allow it sink into your mind. You don't just hear for memory. You hear to transport it into your subconscious mind. Are we together? Sometimes you can fall asleep while you are hearing. And in the realm of the spirit, the hearing continues. And your consciousness is being trained. Now when you wake up, you can be having a vision while you are awake and understand the dynamics because something was quickened in your spirit. If you can be sleeping and yet still participate, how much more when you are awake? Now God can speak to you as a preacher. You can be standing here and you can be caught up in the spirit. And your organs of interacting with that realm of possibility has been trained by hearing. Have you listened to a message before and then you fall asleep and the message is still playing? And sometimes it now becomes graphic. You are now acting out that message. You may wake up under an intense manifestation of God's power. I remember those days, I used to listen to the entire 12-hour series of Charles and Francis Hunter, How to Heal the Sick. I would sleep and I would, it would play again and again and again. You put it on repeat until the battery runs down. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. At age 12, he went to the temple. He was asking questions and listening. And when Satan came to him at age 30, he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. There's a man called Dr. Nasir Sadiqi. Many of you may have heard about him. And he had a, a case, I think it's called shingles or so, years ago. And he was diagnosed with an acute case. It was a terrible case. Had brought out boils and swellings in his body and he was left for dead. They had told him, the doctors had concluded, do your best, it may not work. And he made up his mind as a project with his wife that he was going to listen to scripture as he was taking drugs. The same way they say, take um, Panadol, you know, two in the morning, two in the afternoon. That was how he was listening to scriptures for two years nonstop. And that devil dried up and left him till today. He's still serving the purposes of God. You see, I told you that results are preachers. There is a sermon only results can preach. And when you see people who have gone through the valley of the shadow of death and have come out victorious, it is arrogance to argue with them. Are we together? I know what the word of God can do to a man. I give you this as a project. Submit yourself to hearing scripture. Gather relevant teachings. Gather relevant materials, especially the Bible on tape or MP3. It's free. It's online. Go and get it. And you listen to it. It may not be easy for you to read the 66 books, but you can hear the 66 books. You can hear a chapter in 20 minutes and repeat it again. In one hour, you have had that chapter. You will think nothing is happening until the day adversity strikes. Scriptures will shoot out of you like weapons. 
is true. Please listen to what I'm telling you. Most people are not built by the word because number one, we do not study the word. Number two, we do not listen to the word. And then number three, we do not speak the word. That is the third level of being built by the word. The confession of the believer according to scripture is a very powerful thing. The confession of a believer. The confession of a believer. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you have to learn this. The confession of the believer. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Is that in your Bible? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed, let the healed of the Lord say so. Many people are not given to the confession of scripture. And if you do not confess scripture, let me tell you the truth. There are many prophetic realities that may never happen in your life. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And then part of asking is not just to say give me. Your faith declarations in the name of Jesus I decree and declare. The Lord is my light and my salvation of whom shall I be afraid of. In the name of Jesus the Lord is the strength of my life. I declare that a thousand shall fall by my side, ten thousand by my right side. None shall hurt me. With my eyes shall I see and I behold the reward of the wicked. Are we together? The declaration of scripture. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is at work in my life. I decree and declare, I am like my own Zion that cannot be shaken, but I abide forever. Do not make anybody make you believe that is just childish Christianity. Many have negated it to the detriment of their life. Confession is so powerful, Jesus calls himself the word, the logos of God. And I will not be silent. I Don't choose one. 
Don't say me, I just confess. Uh -uh. You must study to have understanding. You must hear to build your faith. You must speak to release your faith to create those possibilities. This is what the Bible teaches. This is what the fathers did. I remember those days I used to read T.L. Osborne's book and you want to get his book on soul winning and healing the sick. A, a timeless, eternal classic. There is a group of, of uh, I think groups of faith confessions that he wrote. Just joining scriptures to scripture. Are we together? The favor of the Lord is upon me. In the name of Jesus Christ, Gentiles come to my light. They are kings to the brightness of my, my rising. Koinonia goes from glory to glory. No decline. For the Bible says the path of the just is as a shining light. The realm of the spirit is bearing witness to your responsibility of confession. Someone open your mouth in one minute and begin to make faith declarations. Even if it's only one scripture you have, make that declaration. In the name of Jesus, when men say there is a casting down, I declare that for me there will be a lifting up. Is someone praying? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Bible says... He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness, even for his name's sake. Someone is praying. Make that declaration. It's a faith declaration. You are making that declaration by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you a scripture. I think that should be Isaiah 8:20. Give it to us. Never forget this scripture for the rest of your life. I want us to read it together. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20. Everybody, please read. One to read. To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. That means there is a way you speak as truth that light has entered you. That if we find you speaking not according to this word, the diagnosis is that there is no light in you. That means those who are the light, there is a way you speak. Not just a way you study. I will never speak anything negative about my life. I don't care what the situation is. In the name of Jesus, I know while I look at the things that are, I look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. The Bible says the things that are seen are temporal and the things that are unseen are eternal. Do you believe this? Walking in abundance, moving with the speed of the Holy Ghost. I am favored. That I am walking in abundance, moving with the speed of the Holy Ghost. I am favored. I am walking in abundance, moving 
Jesus died, he confessed that he would die and he would come back to life. If he did not speak, he would have been surprised. He would remain in that grave. It was that word that guaranteed his coming back. What have you said about your destiny? You have empowered the forces of darkness because even Satan depends on the word of God to operate. Satan has to hear what God has said to know what to do to believers. Again, I declare, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, my hands are blessed. My life is a compendium of infinite possibilities. In the name of Jesus, this ministry goes from glory to glory, serving the purposes of the kingdom in power and in grace. Prosperity is my portion. The favor of God is at work in me. I decree and I declare by the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus used the testimony of Jonah as an adumbration of his death. That means the same way it was the word that brought Jonah out. Jesus made a declaration before he entered the belly of the earth. And after three days, he rose again. The angels did not come because they wanted to come. The angels are only mandated to respond to the word of God. If there was no word in that equation, the angels would not have a ministry. Can I tell you, many people talk about angels. You don't tell angels, go and walk. That's not how you instruct them. You, the, the ministry of the angels is activated by speaking the word. The moment the proceeding word comes, they have an assignment. Let me show you something. Can, can I show you something? Revelations 1 verse 1. I'd like us to read it together. One to read. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants which things must come to pass. Notice, the revelation was what was given. And the Bible says he sent that revelation and signified it by his angel. The angels respond to revelations. So as I begin to speak, in the name of Jesus, my tomorrow is great. Angels like the Holy Spirit have the power to go into your tomorrow. They are not limited by time and space. They can go there as ushers, doing the bidding of the saints. I really believe this. When I begin my year, I call every month by name and I give it a name. I prophesy upon it. This week, 
In the name of Jesus, I prophesy. You are a week that delivers favor. My life is all about the purposes of the kingdom. I go about doing good, healing all day that are oppressed because God is with me. The anointing of the Spirit is at work in me. I believe in God's ability at work in me. You speak like this and watch how inferiority, complex, all of these things that came from our backgrounds, was it not words that programmed you into that state? They told you you would not become anything. They looked at you and said you are stupid. You are the black sheep or whatever kind of sheep. They, they looked for a deformity around your life and named you. I like the man called Jabez. The mother used her mouth and programmed danger. Because of her pain, she called him Jabez. But that scripture starts with the end of his story. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. When you cannot use your hands, when you cannot use your brain, when you cannot use your feet, use your mouth. That every other thing can fail. I'm no longer slave to fear. I am a child. I'm no longer slave to fear. I am a child. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with, with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Zaria, hear me. Do not call yourself what God did not call you. He did not call you a failure. He did not call you weak. Man of God, he never told you you will fail. Your lowly estate may speak to you, but respond with the spoken word. Don't just study it, speak it. That in the name of Jesus, my generation will celebrate the hand of God upon my life. I may not look like it, but the mighty hand of God is upon me. His word is has work in my spirit. There is no limit to what I'm able to do. I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Hallelujah. You do not need money in your bank to speak. You do not need money in your pocket to speak. You do not need a big house to speak. You do not need a mic to speak. You need understanding. Let this become your culture as you are praying. To study the word. To listen to the word. And to speak the word. I give you a guarantee. Obtain grace to live like this. And watch what your life becomes. It will look like you held a charm. The beauty and the glory of God. That begins to emanate. You are not the first to stay in one room. We all stayed there. You are not the first to whatever it is. Time will fail me to talk of Gideon, Jephthah, Barak, men who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, shut the mouth of lions. Women who received their dead back to life. Maybe there's someone outside. Maybe there's someone scattered across, following online across the globe. Can I speak to you? Do not allow anything bring you down. For as long as you are able to speak, let God be true and every man a liar. Do you believe this? 
This is how to train believers to be masters over life. So next time you see things not going your way, humanly speaking, you may feel that grief and you may lament, but always remember who you are. When you are done with all that lamentation and sympathy, you wear your priestly attire and you lock up yourself and say, I know better than this. I have been trained. You open your Bible under an intense atmosphere of worship and let that worship be playing while you are studying and the spirit of grace will now unlock the skill. You see, opening the book is your responsibility, but unlocking the seal is his responsibility. You don't have the power. The book must be both opened and the seal unlocked for you to see. Opening the book is your responsibility, but unlocking the seal. Then he will give you one rhema word. And with that word, you stand up and from the lips of faith, you begin to make declarations that don't make sense. In the name of Jesus, I activate the ministry of my destiny helpers. And whilst you are sitting, someone who has forgotten you, all of a sudden, the book of remembrance is opened. It's, and it looks like it's just a, a coincidence. No, we program possibilities in our lives based on the word. Let me give you the last one and then is someone learning? No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for me. So I submit to his work in me till Christ is formed in me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for me. So I submit to his work in me till Christ is formed in me. Paul said, my little children of whom I travail until Christ be formed in you. If you submit to the bidding of the Spirit, you will be surprised to see the kind of glory that will be revealed in you. The Bible says there are bodies celestial and there are bodies terrestrial. It says even among the stars, one differs from another in glory. You may not differ in size, but you can differ in glory. That glory that excels. Till the Christ is formed in me. Till your glory is Your wisdom rests on me. Your favor at work in me. So I submit to your work in me till Christ be formed in me. Number three. third and the final charge for this time that we have to share together is the value of spiritual empowerment. This is the last thing I want to talk about in our training and our equipping as we contend to lay hold on eternal life in experience. I have given you three keys that represent irrefutable kingdom secrets. They are ladders that transit men from realms of defeat 
having weakness that you become a tremendous person of capacity like the mighty men of David the power of a systemic prayer life then how to derive value from the world through your study your hearing your speaking don't forget this then now number three the value of spiritual empowerment most people do not know that to fulfill our kingdom assignment and to advance the kingdom in general skill and human abilities can only take us so far when it has to do with advancing the purposes of the kingdom when it has to do with fulfilling your god ordained assignment please have this at the back of your mind that skill and human abilities can only go so far there is a limit to which skill can go there is a limit to which your ability can get to hallelujah this is where the supernatural comes in this is where the value of empowerment comes in luke chapter 24 and verse 49 very quickly please Luke 24 49 it says and behold I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power the one who is talking to them had given them information revelation but he said that is still not enough you tarry until you are endued with power you need more than a message you need more than an information you need most believers have the message but they do not have the power to back and to validate the speakings they have been given in Acts chapter 4 and verse 33 I love this scripture the Bible says and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all great grace was upon them hallelujah when we talk about the power of God when we talk about the anointing please understand that this is not an exclusive reserve to preachers pastors apostles prophets and no the reason why pastors apostles and preachers seem to be the ones manifesting the anointing is because they are the ones who have the greatest consciousness of it because of the nature of what they do they are aware that if I do not have the anointing things will not work well but the anointing was never in the in the temple everything was anointed everything your business is value but it must be anointed to prosper supernaturally are we together now I have learned from scripture I have learned from history I have learned from fathers and I have learned from experience that your Christian experience is only going to be a recycling of pain and embarrassment if you ignore the value of spiritual empowerment please listen carefully you do not have to be a preacher to desire spiritual empowerment you see you cannot produce God's dimension of resolve using the strength of the flesh God's dimension of resolve cannot 
be produced using the strength of the flesh. It says, by thee, I can run through a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. How do you run through a troop as one man? Ask the mighty men of David. He stood in one position and brought down 800 people with a sword. And the sword refused to leave his hand. Can I tell you, do not downplay what the power of the Holy Spirit can do in the life of ordinary men. We may not seem like much in ourselves, but not after the power comes. Samson, before the arrival of the spirit of might, would act like a normal human being. If Samson was macho, Delilah would not ask him the source of his strength. He was a mysterious man. When that power would come upon him, he would remove a city gate and climb a mountain with it and sit there. How about Elijah, who ran on barefoot and overtook the chariots of Ahab even down to Jezreel? The Bible is full of mighty men. Gideon and his 300 men. Jesus recommended the, the, the endowment with power to the disciples who would later become apostles. And he said, tarry. If Jesus tells people who he mentored, tarry. I know that I taught you, but you'll be surprised if you just be on your way going, you will return back with sad testimony. Tarry. I have taught you. And everything I've taught you is true. But tarry until you are endued with power. And then the Bible says, now, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, I'm not sure they knew what they were expecting. They just got up that morning wondering, wow, Pentecost. So this Jesus will keep us waiting there. We're not going to go and celebrate this feast. It's day 50 now. Suddenly, suddenly, the Bible says there was a, a, a mighty rushing wind, a sound from heaven. Will you blow, blow? Blow like a mighty wind, spirit of victory, cover us with your wind. Will you blow, blow, blow like a mighty wind, spirit of victory, cover us with your wind. Upon that weak person, blow, blow, blow like a mighty wind. Spirit of victory upon that dying family. Blow, blow, blow like a mighty wind. Spirit of victory. Do you know? In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, the Bible says the earth was dark and void. Watch the Spirit of God, the custodian of the power of the Godhead. The administration of spiritual power resides within the office of the Holy Spirit. Darkness, tohu wa bohu, confusion and chaos. And the Bible says, but the Spirit hovered round the face of the waters. Now that power was available and God said, and he saw that what he said was good. And God said, and he saw that what he said was good. The ultimate test of spiritual power is found in verse 2 down to 4. When you say and you see and it appears and it is good, you have power. The 
zenith of spiritual power is the ability to declare when the centurion came to Jesus and Jesus said I'm coming to your house he said no I may not know much but by reason of my military experience I know this much I am a ruler under the Roman government and I say to one go and he can go and to one come and he can come I know you are under the authority of the government of heaven speak the word only and he said I've not found such faith in other words who taught you this who taught you that this is how the administration of power works in the kingdom? That from one location you can stand. One location you can speak to your house. One location you can speak to your family. One location from one location elijah did not need to go to a radio station from one location there shall be no rain over a period of three and a half years listen to me ministry is going to be frustrating if you do not value spiritual empowerment can i tell you the truth it takes power to be wealthy it's called the power to get not just the common sense to get well. It takes more than a right mind to be blessed. And the Bible says strong men retain wealth. Because retaining wealth is more serious than getting it. The easiest part of being wealthy is getting it. Retaining wealth is proof of power. It says strong men retain wealth. It takes power to ward off the arsenals of darkness over your family that want to come and destroy everybody. You've heard people, they, they would say, ah, our father was a pastor and he died without achieving anything. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in your ways. It says, through the greatness of your power shall your enemies submit themselves. Are we together? A man woke up one morning and just felt a slight pain, very slight pain, just like a needle pain around his legs and he just smiled it over and said what is this this pain and by the next time he would sit down he could not stand up straight again this is a true story and his um what they call this thing the kneecap started shaking and vibrating on its own i'm not a doctor i don't know what that meant and he called for help and all of a sudden they started diagnosing this man and they started bringing all kinds of things that from a medical standpoint i was told should take a long time before it degenerates to that stage and it happened within a short time because it was sponsored by the presence of the spirit. Jesus said, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound these 18 years? Can I tell you, sincerely ladies and gentlemen, in this end time, hear me, if there is no manifestation of the possibilities of the kingdom in and through your life, the nations will not listen demand on your There is a growing hunger across the earth to see the power and the glory of God displayed once again. And power takes more than falling down and standing up. The ability to correct, the ability to create, to establish things in the lives of people. Isaiah 61, we're ready to pray. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Bible says, because 
The word anointed here is to legitimize, to ordain, to preach good tidings to the meek. Listen carefully. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, all by the anointing, to proclaim liberty to the captives, all by the anointing, and the opening of prison to them that are bound, all by the anointing. Verse 2. It says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn, still by the anointing, to appoint unto them. I like this one. You know what it means to appoint? To name the day of their deliverance and victory. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. I was teaching in Lagos and I told them beauty is a gift. You can give a man beauty. That you look at a life that has been battered and shredded into pieces. And you come in the name of the Lord and give the person the gift of beauty. Rewrite the narrative of their family. No job, no rising, no nothing. And you come in the name of the Lord. He sent me to your home. He says, every house that you enter, if there be a man of peace. And they open the door for you. He said, let your blessing, your peace rest. That means no man of God and no saint of God walks empty. There is always something that goes with you. And when it is received, it can rest upon people. Is someone learning? I learned the value of spiritual empowerment. And I made up my mind that I was going to contend for it. As I read the books of T.L. Osborne, Charles and Francis Hunter, E.W. Kenyon, Papa Hagen, Reinhard Bunker, name them. Those we call God's generals. And the fathers and those that have set the pace for us. That we had an opportunity to see their lives. Possibilities beyond imagination. I watch one of, um, what's his name now? One of these, 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 these healing evangelists. I can't remember his name now. He's not one of the popular ones. And there was a growth on someone's face. And he just held it like this and peeled it. The same way you peel something. Like that, just remove it. God restore hope. May God truly restore us. Because there are dimensions of power that these men accessed in the spirit that we need to pray that the Lord will grant us that grace. Not for the purpose of self-aggrandizement, but that there is a need to validate the speakings of God once again upon this earth. Are you aware of the kinds of sicknesses? It's been a burden in my heart in the last maybe two, three months. That because God gave, I had an encounter and God began to speak to me about the restoration of the healing mantle back to the earth. I hope you know mantles do not leave the earth. No, they are dead. But there is a level of alignment that the saints must assume. These men were people, you would read their stories and you would think it's an exaggeration. I know I was told that Archbishop Benson either holds of blessed memory. They once brought someone for him with a twisted face and to pray for the person. And all he did was he told the person, look up. And when he looked up, he said, God, this man was created in your image. If this is how you look, leave him like that. <laughs> Don't stand before Pharaoh until you see the burning bush. These were men who walked like gods upon the I remember watching one crusade of Charles and Francis Hunter and they were kicking people out of wheelchairs as if they were relocating them to Africa. And they were laughing. 
I said, look how frustrating this is. But a generation will arise. Some of you, you've seen it in your dreams. Some of you, you've seen it in your visions. It's time for the things that you have seen to come alive and to be made manifest in your life. If, do you know what it means if you carry the healing power? Imagine your father and your mother. Think of your loved ones. Forget about a crusade ground. Just think of your loved ones. Someone suffering from prostrate, about to die. Someone suffering from cancer. And now you come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You step into that family with the confidence of a trained believer. Holy, holy, blessed is he who comes in the name of Hallelujah. You know, many years ago in this area, I've shared the story. I, I think it was a lecture, I can't remember now. Somebody somewhere, and I went to go and pray. He was on a wheelchair. I think something happened, whether a degenerative disc or one of these medical conditions. And now they heard that God was using a gentleman called Joshua Selma. And with every sense of honor and passion, they said, please come. And I went there and they gave me their rapt attention. They gathered the whole family and the children. I preached a powerful message on the power of God. But the problem was that it was now time to demonstrate it. And, and the man on the wheelchair, you know, a man maybe in his 50s or 60s then, you could not say he did not have faith. He was paying attention, nodding and saying amen. And then I laid my hands on him. In the name of Jesus, this same Jesus that has preached, sir, rise up. In the name of Jesus, absolutely nothing happened. Absolutely. I prayed, I prayed, I believed that I had faith. If it fails, it is never God. I took responsibility and went back. There is something I did not know. Let God be true and all men liars. I'm showing you the attitude of a winner. By the time you just say, after all, I'm not God. You will never be able to walk in certain levels of the anointing. You must shrug off the shame and go back. Open my eyes. There has to be something. The mortuary in Shika there. I have entered that mortuary to pray for a dead body. The anatomy lab in Ebu Bahia have been left in that lab to pray for a dead body. And while I prayed, None of them came back to life. But I was happy I did. Because you never live the same. There is something about your fear. Live, letting it out. What is making you afraid? There is a way you will stand and stare at it. You will find out it didn't have the power it claimed to have. Please listen carefully. We are wrapping up. I remember praying, fasting, and crying, and said, Lord, I listened to John A.A. Allen, and A.A. Allen said he went to the Lord and prayed and cried, and said, what is the secret of the miracle-working power of God? Because he read his Bible, and when he read it, he tried to practicalize what he read, and absolutely nothing happened. And you see, in the world that we live today, people are already enlightened. It's not like before. You can go somewhere and tell people Jesus can move and he doesn't touch them. The next thing you see a court trouble. And somebody will say, you, 
you abuse them emotionally by lying to them. <laughs> Church, there's no time to play games again. We have to stay with God and hold on to the four horns of the altar until we carry substance, the substance of genuine, provable spiritual power. started, um, it was a night call or something like that. When they called me and they told me that someone they were waiting for a doctor to come, I don't know if it was Shika now or Biological, one of the medical um, places. And the person had had a, they mentioned the vertebra, the ones that were crushed or something. So they were waiting for someone, either someone to come from India or something of that sort. And they said there is this gentleman again. I made up my mind. Me, I failed and failed till my ego died in the year that King Uzziah died, there is something that must die for you to see. For as long as your purpose of ministering the anointing is to prove a point, you carry your ego and it blocks the power of God. Something must die. I got to a point where I said, if nobody gets healed, I will keep praying for people. My ego was stung and stung till there was nothing. If you're on the ground, there's nowhere to fall again. Usually that is the now the excellency of power will be of God. I remember now looking from today, I do not know, I can't tell if I really, I don't know what kind of faith and courage you have entered in. True story. I picked the phone and this, I think it was a woman, I remember. She was wearing a, a neck collar and it was a complicated situation. And I remember holding the phone, it was in the night. I said, Madam, Jesus, I want to pray for you. And I boldly told her, after all, I've said it many times and it failed. I said, I will keep saying it while I live. I didn't know that that day she was sleeping. Five minutes in your living room, you still not look like you. You just continue. I held that phone and I told her, I said, I'm going to pray for you. I prayed a simple prayer. No sermon, no long story. A simple prayer, and I told her, Remove your neck. And this woman removed her neck collar. And the only thing I remember hearing was that she ran and shouted, Jesus. And that was it. By the next day, you know how they come to people's homes, like burial. Burial has happened. That was how people. If I did not see the x ray, the son had to come, the father, the husband now of the woman, when he heard his wife was healed. These are not unverified stories. He did not believe it's impossible until he came and saw his wife. They brought me the x-ray before, after. I said, that's right. Truly, spiritual power works. Let me tell you this. I remember that time when that news broke out in Shika here. The number of nurses and doctors that began to call. Please, I have a pain here. I've not shared it with anybody. So I now found out people have problems, but they will hide it for as long as they suspect you will waste their time. The day they find what looks like genuine answer, they will open up their scars sincerely. The reason why it looks like men are not placing a demand upon your grace is nobody wants to open the deepest secrets of their pain when they know you will not solve it. That's why a patient can go to a doctor 
and somebody old enough to be that doctor's father, you will still pull for surgery. You will still, and you will not be ashamed because you know the doctor will take care of you. If they say, turn around, let them inject you, you will not say, I'm embarrassed, I'm a woman, you're a man. That is none of the doctor's business. You want to be healed of malaria, you do what he's asking you to do. The reason why people cover up and don't speak is because it looks like in the church, it, it, they, are, they are tired of just saying amen without power. But the good news is that he's restoring things. God himself is restoring ancient mantles and is restoring genuine spiritual power. How will we go to the nations of the earth and preach Jesus to a bedeviled world that has several options? No. The Bible says Philip preached Christ in Samaria, Acts chapter 8 from verse 5. He says the people gave heed in one with one accord, hearing and seeing, verse 6, the miracles which he did. Hearing and seeing. In the kingdom, we hear and we see. We do not just hear, we see. I made up my mind that for as long as I'm alive, and Koinonia, hear me, for as long as you are part of this apostolic and prophetic ministry, it will take more than revelation. You must contend for this third dimension, the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is not for Joshua Selma. This promise is unto you and to your children, your children's children, even as many as are far off, those that the Lord will call. When it has to do with the power of the Holy Ghost, great grace was upon them all. It's time to start going to your families. It's time to go to your, maybe your, your rooms, your offices, and now begin to manifest as light and salt indeed. This talk, we keep talking and shouting amen for nothing must come to an end. Can I tell you the truth? Everybody you see that God used mightily in Zaria. For those of you who just came to Zaria not long ago, the heritage that we celebrate in Zaria came about by the stories that you are hearing. Different stories from different men of God at points of encounters and the corresponding power that came upon their lives. My prayer is that Zaria will not stop remaining a training ground. This is a place where people came as ordinary people. I remember those days you will see tiny ladies in the cold. They will wear their stockings and carry their rechargeable in the night on their way to non-tennis court. Then most people will not know it now. But you will see them with their tiny voices for hours praying in the spirit. Later on, you'll find out that that tiny girl has now become a campus fellowship president. Fire like you will see somebody looking so small, but you sit under that kind of anointing. The service will finish, you will not even know. There is a generation that is losing out on the patterns, celebrating all kinds of things. It's not by going online, it's not by doing all of these things. You must stay. The ministry of prayer. Many years ago in Zaria, nighttime was a time of small recreation that graduates into prayer. People gathered together and the gist was still spiritual talk. It was not just like it was nonsense. You start talking, sharing things, questions, and from there, before you know it, people get into the zone of prayer. That is how the mighty were made. Precious people do not lose that pattern. You lose that pattern, you will see the darkness and onslaught. You see all this armed robbery and kidnapping that is happening in Zaria. Do not sit helpless as if you can do nothing. You do not know that the people who do these things negotiate with the spirit to embolden them to come out and manifest. No body.
narcissists have that kind of courage to watch another human being and kill the person they love until the saints rise and begin to define the realities that happen within your spiritual borders in the name of Jesus for darkness that thus far have you come no further shall you come shall you go I remember times when we had to stay and pray certain things out of this region you would hear crisis happening around Kaduna State and the rest. And while we're interceding for that one, he'll stop. He'll stand and declare that it shall not be. He says, I will stand upon my watch and I will set myself upon the tower. Now, the challenge is that many people are only praying. One over three will not get the job done. You see where the mistake is? Because it is the excellency of the word in you that helps you to pray effectively. Now, many people ignore the word. They ignore the power of the Holy Spirit. And all people do is to pray. And it is largely praying amidst a dissipation of intense spiritual energy. But very little results. There must be this tripartite balance. Is someone understanding this? He's ruling over every darkness. You are causing light to shine from dark. The Holy Ghost is ruling over every darkness. Hear me. Before students get admission, whether to ABU or the Polytechnic anywhere, we used to pray in advance before they arrive. We begin to pray and intercede. Father, they are coming from several families. They are welcome, regardless whether it's from a family of idolatry. You send them here. Some of them, as soon as they land, from day one, they step into a church having a program just to stroll, not knowing that prayer had been put to direct them. And some of those people later became fellowship presidents. Some of them today are men and women of God serving the purposes of God. But it is not just limited to producing pastors. There were people who it was the church that showed them their direction. Today, they are entrepreneurs advancing the kingdom in many regards. They came from a family of low self-esteem. Came from villages of all sorts. But when they sat down under a teaching priest, line upon line, a sound exegesis of scripture, they now began to understand who they were in Christ and the possibilities that would come by reason of this way life and things began to change. Never lose that pattern. If you're a campus fellowship president here, hear me. Whilst you study and do what you do, remember that you have an assignment. Do not leave this region without replacing yourself. No. Otherwise, the devil will be patient and allow a group of vibrant, serious people to lead you. And then you will find out that all that is left is nothing to write home about spiritually. This is what you see happening in many circles. Vibrant people, but there is no succession. No raising men and women of fire. It is the reason why you see us continue to invest in praying. Because for as long as Jesus lives, this place will remain a training ground where God is raising people. You see these are little children. Some of them were dedicated right here. And now you see them as small as they are. While we are praying, they are joining to pray too. Watch what happens to them by the time they become teenagers. They will be light years. They would outdo the things, the little that we have done. And that's how it's supposed to be. 
let me charge you before we pray finally. Parents, you have a role to play in preserving this revival. Young people, you have a role to play in preserving this revival. Ministers of the gospel, we have a role to play. Businessmen, we have a role to play. This is the time where everybody must put his hands on deck from Zaria and around Zaria to the ends of the earth. Jesus must be revealed and Jesus must be glorified. We will never allow darkness to prevail. We will never allow decadence, kidnapping, assassination. Right now, people cannot go home freely in the night again. What kind of thing is that? Because some teenager somewhere under the influence of a wicked demonic spirit. Let's submit our prayer request. And then we'll do the impartation. It's taking time. Please begin to pray in the spirit right where you are. And submit your prayer request to the person at the left or the right aisle seated to you. Any one of them. Preferably maybe the left. Please submit your prayer request while you pray. All the overflows, those outside, those across. Please make sure you attend to those who are around Second Equa. Make sure that they are given an opportunity to submit their request. Submit your request while you pray. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Just one prayer request. Father, I am available to be used mightily by you. I pray that you will use me like never before. Open your mouth and pray. Whether in ministry, whether as a lecturer, whether as a student, whether as a husband, a wife, a father, a son, a daughter, a career person, a professional, open your mouth and pray. I am available, I am available, I am available in the name of Jesus. I am available by the power of the Holy Ghost. I am available. 
as you raise mighty men and women, as you anoint men for this end time kingdom assignments, I am available. Find a vessel in me in the name of Jesus Christ. Now pray and declare, I obtain grace to be prayerful. I obtain grace to be systemic even in my prayer. I obtain grace to be a student of scripture. Are you praying? I obtain grace by the power of the Holy Ghost to listen to scripture, to listen to teachings. I obtain grace to speak the word, faith declarations that speak and program possibilities over my life. Declare the power of the Holy Ghost upon my life. The power of the Holy Ghost upon my ministry. The power of the Holy Ghost upon my family. The power of the Holy Ghost upon my body. The power of the Holy Ghost upon my children. If someone pray, the power of the Holy Ghost upon my academics. The power of the Holy Ghost upon my career. In the name of Jesus Christ, I decree and declare, it is not by power, not by might, it is by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is how it works. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the Bible says, Christ is revealed as the wisdom of God and it is revealed is revealed as the power of God. When the anointing comes upon you, it can translate to wisdom, guiding you to know what to do. And it can translate to the force that corrects every anomaly in your life. Hallelujah. Our time is gone. We're going to spend just about maybe five minutes, max ten, by the grace of God. I'd like you, when you're ready with the request, please bring them. And then I will speak over your life. I promised yesterday that I was going to pray for the sick. We may not have time to take testimonies, unfortunately, because of our time. But I will speak over your life. Then I'll pray over the request. We'll do the final impartation. And then we're done. But hear me, ladies and gentlemen. If there is anything about this life that you are seeing, I'm a product of God's grace. But it is also because I place value ministry of strategic planning being built by the word and then embracing the embracing the ever increasing empowerment of the spirit because you see yesterday's excellence will be tomorrow's mediocrity just because you received fire yesterday does not mean it will suffice for the rest of your life some of you, you are here, you came for this meeting yesterday and today, weary, dried up in your spirit. But the Bible says, until the spirit be poured upon us from on high, then the wilderness will be counted for a fruitful vine, vine and a fruitful vine be counted for a fruitful vine. There is no limit to what the Holy Spirit is able to do. I see several of you just standing across as far as you can get. Wherever you are, I want you to release your faith as 
stretch your hands towards this request as we pray this is the most accurate representation of the needs of everyone Jesus said it is the sick that need the doctor some of these needs here represented are life-threatening issues some of these issues represented here are issues of shame and embarrassment I like you to declare these that I see these Egyptians I see them no more forever. I'm going to bow my knees to pray. You don't kneel. You just pray. Just for two minutes to lay my hands upon them. Everybody, whether you are outside, you are following from across the globe, stretch your hands and begin to pray. Pray in the spirit and decree and declare. Jesus. Father, the Bible says, unto thee that answers prayer shall all flesh come. In the name of Jesus, I bow my knees in partnership with all the graces here represented. And we declare under this corporate anointing that every request that has been placed before the Lord here, let it become your testimonies now. Shout a louder amen. Let it become your testimonies now. In the name of Jesus, every life-threatening situation here, I decree and declare, you become a testimony now. Every spirit that is back of the tragedies here represented by the blood of the eternal covenant, we curse you and we declare a release for God's people. And finally, in the name of Jesus, prophetically I stand upon this request every challenge that has risen above you we bring it under your feet we bring it under your feet we bring it under your feet 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, very quickly, everywhere, inside or outside, I want you to place your hand. If you came here sick or you brought someone sick, lay your hands. We're out of time, but I have to do this. Lay your hands where you are trusting God for a miracle. If it's a part of your body you cannot touch, just make contact with your chest and you can stand in for someone. It doesn't have to be for yourself. There's someone that comes to mind you can stand in to receive from the, for them. The centurion stood for his son. Jarius stood for his daughter. I sent my word and it healed your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. Place your hand there. I want to pray for you. He gave us the power and the authority to declare upon the sick and that they be healed. Now in the name of Jesus, every spirit and every devil of infirmity that has plagued families, plagued destinies, in the name of Jesus Christ and by the blood of the eternal covenant, I command that that spirit leaves your body now. I command that that spirit leaves your body now. Now I declare to you in the name of Jesus, be healed. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, be healed now. Be healed now. My God, there's such a strong healing anointing. Be healed now. Eye conditions. Be healed now. Ear conditions. Be opened now. Bone conditions. In the name of Jesus, be corrected now. Blood conditions. Genotype issues. All kinds of blood conditions. Be healed now. Be healed now. Fibroids and all kinds of malignant growths. In the name of Jesus, be healed now. We command that those growths die and dissolve from your bodies. In the name of Jesus Christ. Cancer and any cancer related case. We command that cancer cell to die now. Every genotype you desire changed. I declare that it changes supernaturally now. Back pain. Severe back pain. Let it be healed right now. There's someone you have very severe pain. One of your molars. In fact, it's, it's almost like you have, it's a cavity problem, but it's, it's an advanced state. There's severe pain. You can literally chuck something in there. In the name of Jesus, let that teeth be supernaturally filled now. There is, there is a man here. Your situation, this is something that, that relates to men. And this thing has affected you and affected your marriage. I declare in the name of Jesus, let there be supernatural restoration for you now.
supernatural restoration now in the name of Jesus the Lord is showing me someone who is suffering from pile pile very painful pile sometimes you are not able to go to the toilet in the name of Jesus be healed right now and anyone here appointed unto death we declare and declare that your life is lengthened by the Spirit of God every ailment whether every ailment whether I mentioned it or not be healed from it now be healed from it in the name of Jesus and for all those you are standing in for I declare that the power of God touches them right where they are in the name of Jesus Christ I prophesy over your life in the name of Jesus every door that has been closed over you I command that door to be opened now God has declared unto us that this is our year of open doors I declare doors be opened now in the name of Jesus for those who are students I prophesy upon you extraordinary intelligence by the Spirit extraordinary intelligence by the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ and for anyone here who has been going through patterns and circles of demonic activities witchcraft and all kinds of satanic manipulations you are hereby delivered forever you are hereby delivered forever you are hereby delivered forever in the name of Jesus Christ I declare over Zaria the reign of wickedness witchcraft the activities of evil people let it come to an end right now we make decrees this is by the decree of the watchers by the power of the Holy Ghost this environment becomes unconducive for any satanic activity in the name of Jesus we pray for all the churches that are represented here in Zaria every church represented let there be fresh fire upon the altars in the name of Jesus Christ Zaria remains a place of salvation remains a place of training remains a place of revival in the name of Jesus Christ I declare over your finances by the power of the Holy Spirit let the grace called favor rest upon you 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 in the name of Jesus Christ don't have to bring anyone out if anyone is under the anointing just guide them we don't have that time now but I want to pray there will always be people who are called to take there are many empty positions in the spirit in Zaria because many people have moved and some of those positions are crying for men and women who will stand and continue what is being done you see the days of superstar Christianity of one person trying to is over the Lord is raising as many, not just one person, you know, and all of that. Because if only a few people are there, they stand the risk of suffering pride 
and temptation and once they fall out of the way that's the end of it when god raises many people it is beneficial even for those who are there because it takes away the tendency to be tempted with pride and to believe i'm the only one hallelujah there are many people who are rising from the campuses to the various churches i just want to release this grace upon you and it will rest upon you because for some of you this grace will quicken you into a place of retreat for some of you this grace will quicken you to a place of prayer some of you this grace will come to activate many possibilities right now in the name of jesus by the anointing of the spirit inside all the overflows overflow three two one the extension at the count of three i decree and declare the grace and the mantle that is required for this season in the name of jesus christ receive it right now one two three take that grace now take that grace now take that grace now i activate that grace the spirit of prayer and supplication receive it right now receive it right now the mantle of a prayer warrior the grace to pray and pray down revival receive it in the name of jesus christ the spirit of revelation access to light from scripture i release that anointing upon you right now in the name of jesus christ i stir up the prophetic and the apostolic every dormant grace the eyes that see and the ears that hear may that grace be quickened from within you now i decree and declare kingdom financiers rising with the dignity of kingdom integrity received i release that grace zaria you shall not lack may god raise men with the dignity of kingdom integrity that will supply resources for kingdom advance in the name of jesus christ i pray concerning the worshipers those called into the ministry of psalmistry prophetic psalmistry whether you are inside or outside i stir up that grace after the order of david receive that mantle now receive that songs of the spirit songs of the spirit receive it in the name of jesus i pray for all those who are being raised by god to be the next lecturers the next career people in the name of jesus let the spirit of excellence rest upon you let the spirit of excellence rest upon you let the spirit of excellence rest upon you in the name of jesus let the spirit of excellence rest upon you there are some of you here by age 30 you are already professors in the name of jesus such a display of unusual excellence a level of mental acumen as has never been seen i pray for every family here represented let no family in zaria let no family here represented lack a priest that can rise in that family 
in the name of Jesus Christ. And hear me. If there is any of your loved one who is not saved, whether your brother, whether your sister, whether your spouse, whether your child, whether your parents, we agree right now as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, beginning from tonight, may the spirit of God begin to convict them even unto salvation. Convict them even unto righteousness in the name of Jesus Christ. Finally, the spirit of bloodshed, the spirit of untimely death, over and around this region, Parakatos Kadibalata, in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare that that reproach is rolled over Zaria, rolled over the body of Christ. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Now listen very carefully. There are thousands of people scattered across this place and thousands others following online. I want you to lend me your attention. This is my last night with you for now and I want to make an altar call. You know what an altar call is? An altar call is a moment of genuine surrender and reception of the life of Jesus. Please no movements, minimize movements inside and all the overflows. You've been here and whilst you heard me speak, the Holy Ghost began to convict you that you are that champion that God is raising, that you are that person that God wants to greatly use. But you see, everything in this kingdom starts with God. Jesus is the way I told you earlier on. There are some of you who have never truly surrendered your heart in truth. You have not made that determined decision to begin a walk with God. Or... There are those who, for whatever reason, your life has gone haywire and you want to rededicate your life in this auditorium and all the overflows. Listen to me. The Bible says in the day that you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Jesus Christ is giving you an opportunity to make it right. I'm going to count one to five like I did yesterday. All those who are within this auditorium who are saying, Apostle, I want to make it right with Jesus and in truth. I'm going to be inviting you to come and stand here and then if the space is still available, maybe a few more from outside who are coming can stand. Once this space is filled up, you may move to your LED, your various LED screens. Now for those who are scattered down to second equa, you may want to take advantage of overflow two or overflow three or overflow four. You can use any one of them. But I'm going to count. Never go with back. Never going back, Sam, Sam. Nina, yes, Thank you so much for making this noble decision. It's the wisest decision any man can make under the sun. Hallelujah. Please, ushers, help those who are outside to move right to the LED screens. And let your attention be on the screens as I lead you to pray. It is a marvelous thing to see souls come to Jesus. Nothing compares to it. No kind of miracle compares to the miracle of a saved life by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible declares that there is no other name under heaven given unto man by which we must be saved. That whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, that person shall be saved. Thank you very much for making this noble decision, ladies and gentlemen.
the Bible says, whoever will come to Jesus, young, old, rich, poor, that he will in no wise cast away. The front is filled up. Please, the remaining people can now join those in front. If it's filled up, they can take advantage of any of the overflows. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you very much. May I request all who have come out indicating the desire for salvation, please lift your right hand high above your head, your right hand everywhere. And for those who are following, whether you are following from the U.S., from Europe, from Africa, some state in Nigeria, in the silence of your room, your living room, probably you are watching by way of rebroadcast. This is an opportunity to make Jesus Lord of your life. As I lead them to pray, I want you to repeat that prayer, not just as a poem or a chant, but a declaration of faith. And the Bible declares that salvation will be administered to you. Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus. One more time. Say, Lord Jesus. Tonight, I have heard your word. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that you rose again for my justification. Right now, I receive Jesus into my heart as my Savior, my Lord, and my King. And I declare that the power of sin, Satan, hell, and the grave is broken over my life. From tonight and forever, I am a child of God. I walk in the newness of life. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these ones. By the authority of scripture, I declare their sins forgiven. And in the name of Jesus, I call you bona fide recipients of the life of God. I declare that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, the life of God is ministered to you right now. The power of sin, Satan, hell, and the grave is broken over your life. I commend you to the word of God and even to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. May you be grounded and established in righteousness. You go forward ever and backward never. Satan has no hold over your life. For in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And the church say a loud amen. Now, very quickly, ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you to just move to the back. There are counselors waving their hands. There are quite a number of you. You'll just move in concert. They will have a word with you very quickly, and then you'll be back to your seat. Any of the aisles you can use, your left or right, any of them will take you to the same place. May God bless you. Let's honor them. Let's honor them very quickly. Hallelujah. Koinonia, is this the best you can do? Hallelujah. We believe you are mightily blessed. To connect with the ministry and get more from Apostle Joshua Selman, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Koinonia ENI to stream Koinonia Live. Go, Go to mixella.com forward slash Koinonia hyphen radio and download the teachings on koinoniadownloads.org. For questions and inquiries, call 0814-721-4444 or 0907-777-7853. We love and celebrate you.